0: Hello Survivors and welcome to Bison Dollars, a Street Fighter podcast by Resident Evil fans for Resident Evil fans. This is First Aid Spray Bonus Episode 20, and in this edition we sure you can our way back into the past to handle a double bill of early video game feature length productions, taking a look at the Hollywood and animated Street Fighter films. I'm your host Sai, and joining me on the character selection screen this week, you came to this podcast expecting to record with a madman and instead found a Steve, it's Fire Button Steve Valance.
1: For you, this podcast was the most important moment of your life. But for me, we're recording on a Tuesday.
0: After we've crushed this podcast, we'll see about getting you published. That is the next Resident Evil adaptation. It's Moist Owlette, a.k.a. James. Hello. And I was going to say, for you, the, ne- the day that First Aid Spray covered <laughs> the Street Fighter films was the most exciting day of your year. For me, it was a Tuesday. I, I got nothing else. Sorry, it's Michael Burger time early.
2: <laughs> Steve stole my bit. Hey, I didn't know, I didn't see the script, I'm sorry. It's
0: okay. Love you, Steve. The subject of this bonus episode, like all others, was voted on by our Patreon backers. Support the show now to not only help keep us afloat, but also to create new content. Select what that content is and hear it a month before everyone else. Tears begin at just $1 a month. Check out patreon.com forward slash FASprayPod for the full breakdown. Okay, so this, yeah, episode, bonus episode 20, that's quite exciting. We've arrived at a bit of a landmark, and uh, for this round, it was decided that we do another film club episode, since they seem to be quite popular, but it was kind of hard to decide where to go in terms of video game movies. So uh, you may or may not have seen this on social media. Essentially, I got every Hollywood, or at least, you know, English language uh, video game adaptation film. Put them all in a hat, picked out three, and those three went to poll. And our patrons have decided that we're going to talk about the 1994 Street Fighter Hollywood film. Uh, but since we usually do the double the double bill thing, it made sense to package in the animated film from the same year as well. First of all, shout out in this episode to Lacey Johnson Music. Of course, if we're going to put a piece of Street Fighter music in there, it has to be Guile's theme. I think it's obviously very relevant to the films as well. He's a big part of the films, especially the, uh, the live-action film. So check out Lacey Johnson's version of Girl, Girl's Theme, which will be in this episode, and I highly recommend checking out their channel as well. There's lots of cool video game covers and that kind of thing on there in general. Before we get into the films, though, let us we've never talked about Street Fighter, obviously, on the channel before, so I guess maybe keeping it a little bit brief... Uh, might be interesting to talk about what everybody's experiences with the franchise are, uh, your first exposure to Street Fighter at large, whether you consider yourself a fan. Steve, I'm going to start with you because I think probably, uh, well, in terms of the you know the core group of us, you might well be the biggest fighting game fan.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's a, a fair cap to wear in the, uh, the first day spray officers we don't actually have. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my first exposure to Street Fighter 2 was the SNES version. I distinctly remember it because our father, mine and my brother, were very much uh, admonished for playing because this game's a bit violent, isn't it, kids? Um, fast forward <laughs> a few years, and my next time really playing Street Fighter was Street Fighter 4. Like, I fell off hard. I went from Street Fighter 2 to like going, oh yeah, Tekken's neat, and getting lost in that for the PlayStation generation. Right. But when SF4 came around, that's where I really got stuck in, at least for the the initial, and I want to say is it Super versions, the the, the second iteration of it. Uh, fell off on SF5 because I, there was something about it that didn't really drag me. So I know bits and pieces of the lore. I have to be honest, out of all the fighting game uh, big tents, it's probably the one I have the least uh, experience with outside hmm. of crossover games, like uh, Capcom vs. SNK and Marvel vs. Capcom.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. That's not
2: quite what i was expecting but fair enough fair enough burger you're a street fighter fan are you not absolutely um my first introduction with street fighter was uh, very much like steve on the snes with street fighter 2 um there was such a fixture in the in the household we lived in that i distinctly remember the day um street Fighter 2 turbo came out with the new characters mm. and that that made it into the play that, and it never left it was the only game like the two Street Fighter games and then the Mario game were the only games that the family um, owned on Super Nintendo. Wow! <laughs> um, from there, I, I got into it really hard with uh, Street Fighter uh, Third Strike. Um, oh
1: yeah, I forgot to mention actually <laughs> that is banger as well.
2: Yeah, Street Third Strike is is was my favorite. Um, and then I actually for my bachelor party happened on the day that Street Fighter Four uh, Super Street Fighter Four came out, and that's what we did instead of whatever plans we had. Like for my bachelor party when I got married, um, we literally, instead of that, we went to my friend's house and got absolutely blasted and um, played Super Street Fighter 4 until like 6 a.m. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I think my experience with Street
0: Fighter is probably very, I, I feel like I'm probably going to parrot exactly what I said when we covered the Mortal Combat films in that how could you not be aware of Street Fighter at the time? It was that franchise that I used to see in magazines, and obviously it's got iconic character designs, so I kind of knew who everyone was just from seeing them. in, you know, Yeah, exactly. You know, Games Master was the fixture that I used to pick up and just like, yep, know who those characters are, even though I've really never played the games. Um, I did inherit uh, the Mega Drive version of, I think it's Super Street Fighter 2, but I'm not completely sure... Uh, so I do own that, but it's that's really only the the only Street Fighter game that I've ever played outside of, as Steve you quite rightfully said, the MVC and stuff like that. Again, it's not really my genre, but Street Fighter has such an iconic look and so many classic characters that uh, I feel like I know a little bit about it. But we'll probably get into the fact that I really don't know anything about it when we start talking about the films. Uh, James, what's been your experience with Street Fighter?
3: uh james used to go uh i used to spend a lot of time on the east coast of england and in the east coast of en- east coast of england uh for some reason there used to be a lot of arcades games arcades mm. and uh there used to be two arcades i used to go to i used to get a local one in snettisham where we, our caravan park was <laughs> um which had one machine and there was one in a place called hunstanton mm. um that was way more expensive <laughs> but we used to yeah me me and my brother we used to play uh street fire on those um i'm pretty sure it was two back then it was a long time ago um yeah that's pretty much my only experience i used to play um i used to well i used to play a whole bunch of stuff but i think the ones that jump out at me are probably blanker and that uh uh elastic boy is it desmond
2: dulcim
3: (laughs) dulcim that guy um, the
2: <laughs> power of yoga.
3: Uh, exactly, yeah. Um, so that is mainly my only experience. We weren't very good at it. We were just doing it because it was video games. It was, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and nobody else played them either, like back then, because I mean, why would anybody from Norfolk play video games? Um, you know, but it, uh, it was, yeah. It, they were they were fun for what they were, and back back then, other than Tekken Three. Um, Which was the game I played the most in terms of fighting games. Um, It was the only other fighting game I really played. Oh, no, wait. I played Soul Calibur as well, Mm. a little bit and stuff, Mm. too. But it wasn't like, it was very, very casual. Like, Mm. it's like, oh, look, that's that game. Pick up sticks, go at it. I do remember how heavy, I know this is not relevant, really, but it's like just games arcades in general. I remember how heavy the controls were, (laughs) um, how they felt. Um, and that was pretty cool because you used to hear us like kind of when we were playing Street Fighter, it used to sound like a warehouse falling down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was it was we used to get told off, but we knew because we'd been there so long. We knew the arcade owners, and they were really nice, but they used to tell us off, and they were you know it was pretty funny. We used to find used to find it funny, but we we were told to get off them several times because there'd be people waiting
2: y'all didn't have that like classic you put your quarter on the next uh, on the on the window like so in front of the screen you put your quarter to indicate that you're next that only happened
3: with pool oh yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, um there was kind of like an unwritten rule with fighting games i feel like or any kind of arcade games that you know if somebody's in line if somebody's waiting there you get off so we did like every, uh, every time see, we it's a... all
1: very British and all very we follow up the
3: queue system round
1: here <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, no no winner stays on mate you gotta beat the winner to play the pipe. yeah winner stays right. yeah. wins or
3: pays mm. yeah um, the, I think the reason why I was done with pool so much was because pool is a very long game can be right so people used pool's to pool's that game your
1: down. dads play while they're smoking street fighters the game the kids play while they'll beat the crap out of each other <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, we played pool a lot when we were kids. If we weren't playing Street Fighter or anything
0: else, we played pool. Cool. Right, let's get back on track. It's not a pool podcast, sadly. Uh, Hello, so- welcome to Billion
3: Ball. Sorry, <laughs> corner pocket. So we're, we're probably going to go out of context a lot during this because the t- the shows do.
2: <laughs> Funny. Carry Street on. Street
0: Fighter, like. 1994, Hollywood film. Um... I think it's one of the earliest examples of a video game movie, certainly, uh, especially from a Hollywood perspective. And obviously at the time of Capcom, it's probably very relevant to say that Street Fighter was their biggest IP, bar none, in the early 90s. Uh, For the most part, really, I don't know how much of a stretch it is to say. I'm no video game historian, but without Street Fighter... It'd be interesting to see whether or not Capcom is still around. Let's put it that way. They certainly had their struggles throughout the 90s, and Street Fighter was pretty much the, uh, the thing that was keeping them trucking along, which is no surprise why they wanted to make uh, some film adaptations of it, to the point where they financed the Hollywood Street Fighter film almost completely by themselves, about $35 million. Most of that went into the principal players. They really wanted uh, Van Damme specifically as the lead Uh the film grossed a total of just under 1 million dollars worldwide. It has an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 34 on Metacritic. So, let's talk about the story first of all. <laughs> Steve, what is the story of this film, please? Oh my goodness. Um right. So, this feels like
1: the wasn't there a, there was a um people took taken hostage at an embassy in the 90s that led to like the Gulf right am i am I misremembering history the real
2: history the kosovo crisis I no before then
1: the... before oh. then um this feels like this game has taken that as some kind of like bare bones intro because bison the evil uh, warlord dictator in shadow h- hidden there has taken some allied nations uh, care workers and soldiers as hostages for 20 billion dollars And uh, the Allied Nations are having none of that. And they've sent their best man, uh, Belgian-American, Colonel William T. Guile, or is it William F. Guile? It's
2: William F. Guile. William F. Guile,
1: to stop him. And uh, and boy, howdy, they get up to some hijinks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... Just a fact check, you Steve, I imagine what you're probably referring to is the Lebanon hostage crisis from 1982 to 1992. So, yes, actually, does draw some similarities to that. And obviously, Bison demanding, what is it, $3 billion? Oh, no, it's $20 uh, billion. It's It's a modern day,
1: would still be a lot of money amount.
0: Yeah, yeah, $20 billion. Sorry, you're right. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so. So that is, yeah, thank you for that. That is the setup. But I'm glad that you had that ready to go <laughs> because my first <laughs> note was, there's a story, question mark. Uh, <laughs> Burger, how do you feel about the, let's just sort of like with the, we don't sure. you know, write race to the end, but sort of like the overall setup, how you feel about that as a setup for a Street Fighter story? Um, because speaking as someone that didn't, so just not to get too in the weeds, fighting games, they're plots. You need to be really invested to know what's going on, I find. Because most casual players are just going to see it's cool characters beating each other up. Right. that has been That's Street Fighter to me. I never really thought about the fact that, oh yeah, M. Bison's the bad guy. He probably has some kind of plan of some sort. So this was news <laughs> to me.
2: So um, I thought a lot about this while we were watching the movie, actually. Um, and I say that the, the story I- in the movie, they, they did their best considering the era, um, mm. and genre of the film. I imagine they, they went up to the writer director cause it was the same person that did both. And was like, we want to do it. We're doing a street fighter movie. And he like bought the game and like played it a little bit and then had to come up with a, with a way for these characters to interact in a way that made sense to a, uh, coherent, you know, 140 minute runtime or whatever. Mm. Um, it is very bare-bones. It is very by-the-numbers, classic Hollywood action-adventure movie. Um, to, if, we're, if we're just keeping it tight to the story, uh, in it, uh, Steve gave us a big overview to get a little bit more into it. The Shadowloo and Shadowloo City, which is a in a nation in Southeast Asia. Recently, uh, Bison completed a coup hmm. in, addition to, uh, in addition to his hostages. So not only is the allied nations um you know att- assaulting a uh, a world leader at this point um they actually tried to fire the the guy guile at one point who went off the rails wherein we get the film's climax mm. uh, one other thing i will note about this film is that they really tried uh, in terms of getting every single character, um, bar one, from the uh, title game at the time, which is Super Street Fighter right. Turbo, um, which is cool. Yes, yeah, I
0: think that was a. De- from what I understand, that was like a decree from Capcom that they wanted to have pretty much every character in it in some fashion. Um, Not always
1: is... following character bible, like a absolutely lot of are rewritten.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. The vast majority of them have got major, major differences. I imagine, in all fairness, uh, you know, in sort of defence of the people that made this film, that's quite an ask to fit so many characters in and be able to pull off a narrative. That being said, apparently the writer wrote this basically over the course of a night to pitch it to Capcom. Uh, So I don't know. (laughs) At the same time, it's like, well, I don't know. But, again, swinging it back, apparently Capcom were really, really strict about the deadline because they wanted it out for the the Christmas of 94. So, I don't know. It's a strange one. And certainly all these things go into the melting pot and you can feel it because I personally felt like this was the first hour, especially. Felt like a (laughs) bloated mess of unconnected stories that were just sort of barely overlapped. And, I don't know, it was just... It's not that I was struggling to... Yes, it wasn't that I was struggling to keep along with what's happening, but it was kind of like, but where is this going sort of thing? Um, I'm going to throw it to James before we sort of get deep into it. As someone who doesn't necessarily have that much exposure to Street Fighter, Street Fighter lore, I expect, uh, how did you feel about the setup for the story and the sort of early goings on?
3: I felt like I was... I felt like I was going at 220 miles per hour. (laughs) Um, As you say, in that first hour, it was so fast. The pacing, like, literally, like, there would just be 30 seconds, like, someone introducing this, like, one person, you know, and then you never get to see them again. Like, it was literally just a, you know, it's like, like, you know, it's like a thumbs up. They're in this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and we didn't get to know much about, we got kind of some environmental storytelling, a little bit. Um, but yeah that wasn't it was really hard to keep control I you know I was just seeing allied nations and I, I was because you saw so many movies like this by the way back then mm. like when I say movies like this I mean movies using either like the, some kind of western superpower like against uh, a lesser power like it was constantly being uh, done and like my brain kind of turns off when I see that stuff and it kind of did with this movie as well in terms of the story because i was i've seen this all before um yeah and you know the movie doesn't really i mean to, to its credit it doesn't really take itself seriously in that regard and it shouldn't because it's street fire and mm-hmm. you know I, I as you said like i'm not like a deep law nerd and i don't think i could be about this because i don't think it's super deep you mm-hmm. know it's you know it's it, it's a it's meant to be people fighting each other for honor and pride or power, maybe um like we hear throughout the the film mm. from the various characters that we are that the names are thrown at us continually um until it slows down a little bit um about an hour and fifteen minutes in where um the actual um kind of story kind of settles to the bottom, and you're like okay, we've calmed down now. These are the main players. Right. And yeah, I could I could kind of settle into it again. But that first hour was breakneck. Mm-hmm. And I, it was really hard to concentrate.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I see what you're saying in terms of, so, you know, again, it's it's hard for me as a, I don't want to call myself a non-fan. That makes it sound like a dislike Street Fighter, but someone not necessarily invested. It's hard for me to be upset with like, them throwing law to the wind or whatever, because this was inevitably going to happen Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh, And you're right. I like that it isn't taking itself seriously really at any point. Um, I thought the first hour was a big... (laughs) I wasn't not enjoying it, but it was so stupid. Um, And I couldn't help but laugh because of it. Because yeah. every 10 minutes was just like, hey, look, it's that guy. Woo! <laughs> so every time they did it and they dropped a name in, I just laughed at the ridiculousness of it. And you it mentioned like Dalsim being a pure example. I just lost my head laughing at Just like they just casually drop. There he is, Dr. Dalsim. This is his role in this film. And I'm like, what? It's <laughs> so dumb. So like, I like DJ
3: as well. Was, DJ was a funny one. Yeah. Um, T-Hawk T- was like... T-Hawk gave me vibes from, like, uh, Jeanette Vasquez does from Aliens. It's like, you're just a stand-in. We're not actually going to get representation here. You're just, <laughs> you know, you're just in the film now, and mm-hmm. your name is T-Hawk. Like, yeah, well, was... no, they, <laughs> exactly. they,
2: they, he got to wear his vest and got his Cherokee headband, like... Oh, yeah, later on. <laughs> yeah. Also, no reference to the fact that his name isn't... It's Thunderhawk is T-Hawk's name, by the way. Okay.
3: Thank you. Thank you for teaching me that because I had no idea.
2: It's T Hawk. It doesn't sound ridiculous when you just say T Hawk 12 times.
3: T-Hawk. Mr. T Hawk. Hello, Mr. T Hawk. I mean, to be fair, I'm just
2: thinking of
1: a, a 90s rapper or something like LL Cool J, you know, T Hawk. It works.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and then there's like, you know, like Sagat. I, I remember when we were watching it because uh, myself, Bergs, and Steve here, we wa- all watched it together. And I remember seeing Sagat for the first time. I was like, "I don't recognize that guy. Who the heck is that guy?" And then when we we'll get into it later, but when we watched the animation movie, I was like, "Oh, that's that guy. <laughs> I know that guy. You know, and how could cons- you not
0: know? He's got an eye patch. That's his only recognizable feature. In this. you know, that's what needs to be. And, no
1: a single tiger problem. uppercut or tiger knee or dominating the entire <laughs> bracket because Sagat's always god tier. Uh,
3: yeah, and that, we'll that, that, to that, that that was another. That was another big problem is that, like, the characterization in, mm. in the movie was really wild because you got, like, perfect characterization in Zangief and Bison, mm. right? But you got awful characterization in <laughs> yeah. Guile, uh, yeah. you know, and, and DJ. and. You we'll, know.
0: we'll definitely sink into characters after this because there's obviously, with there being so many, there's a lot to say. Um, Steve, how did you feel? Obviously, as the the closest to the Street Fighter series, but also apparently not, as we've just learned. <laughs> uh, how did you... <laughs> I, I mean, I've always how been how on the periphery. I've all. got
1: close friends who are mad of the fandom. Um. Right. Uh, me, personally, I had a fine time with it. Like, I saw it as a, a PG-13 uh, Bond film with, with Street mm. Fighter characters sprinkled it. it doesn't feel like a, a fighting man film or a martial arts film, you know? Just, no. It feels very much like a, a, a spy movie or action movie with stuff just thrown in randomly, haphazardly, dare I say. Uh, but I'm mostly there just saw our Julia to monologue and be a crazy person on screen. I'm going to be real. <laughs> like... Uh, yeah, but narratively, it bears very little resemblance to the actual plot of the games, you know, other than, yes, Guile is, in fact, a soldier, and, yes, Bison is, in fact, a wannabe dictator. That's about as far as we're going with that. Mm. Uh, you know, if you're if you're here... Like, if this was released today in current year of 2022 as a new, fresh product, uh, the internet would be having a field day with how many law rewrites there are. Like, it's, yeah. it, is, it is nonsensical, and it doesn't resemble any of it. Like... Um, uh, not to go too into the weeds with it just yet, but for example, Chun-Li in the games is generally an Interpol-like agent, uh, like international police person, whereas in yep. this, she's just a news reporter who goes on on the rebel to fight Bison, which, you know, that's mostly character true. I'd argue she's probably the most character true to their initial selves, like smart, can beat the crap out of anybody. Uh, hmm. Also has a name called Chun-Li. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm grasping a little bit here. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, farthest from is probably Charlie Carlos Blanca, who is two different characters smashed into one. Or Dr. Sim, who has gone from being a yoga, pratici- uh, yoga practitioner who can spit fire to a scientist capable of genetic experimentation on par of the Umbrella Corporation. <laughs> so it's, just, it's definitely a turn-your-brain-off affair, is what I'm saying, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Uh, don't expect anything uh, deep. And insightful with this with this story, but expect a uh, fun explosions and a fun ride.
0: Hmm. It does make me wonder. Obviously, there are probably people that are listening to this uh, are massive, massive Street Fighter fans that uh, absolutely hate this film because of. The liberties that it takes. And fair enough. That's, oh, I you know, t- that's <laughs> yeah. fine. I don't know. I mean, it's the- interesting because, you know, all these years later, Street Fighter is still strong, so it's doing okay despite this bizarre diversion of this film. Th-
1: this film is still referenced occasionally by the games in some way, shape or yeah, form. Yeah, I bet it is. You know, there's, yeah. the, there's the odd wink and a nudge there. Like, I'm sure Bison has at least one Tuesday wins quote, for example. You know, it's mm-hmm. there are winks and nudges. Uh, whether they be great or all, eh.
0: <laughs> It's... Yeah, you're absolutely right calling it like a spy film, Mm. which is accurate and also bizarre to me. Like, the fact that they navigated around it being a martial arts film. You know, a video game franchise called Street Fighter, which is about warriors all over the world traveling around the world to fight each other. No, we're going to make a a cop film so we can have some like G.I. Joe action figure stuff. It's bizarre.
2: It's a bizarre choice. So it's even more bizarre is that, like, theming carried over to the video game they made based off the movie.
0: Mm. Please, tell me more. I only know that, that, that it exists. Like, I genuinely genuinely thought this was called Street Fighter the Movie because there is a Street Fighter the Movie the Game. But no, it's, it's just called Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. um, no, there's a video game they made off the movie. Uh, it was out, I'm pretty sure it was out in the arcades. Uh, I believe it was also on the Sega CD. Uh, I don't recall where I played it, but it was a very, imagine, imagine if, um, like it looked like Mortal Kombat, but worse because <laughs> yeah. it was like, um, live action rotoscoped almost, mm-hmm. uh, but the character it played, it was street fighter, just bad. Like, <laughs> you know, Guile Cheaply you know, made. had his moves, uh, Ryu had their moves, um, yeah, no, it's it just bad. But I but mean, existed.
1: even even movie-only character Captain Sawaider becomes a playable character, and Akuma, <laughs> despite not being in the film, is a playable character. They, they, you know, they, they went a bit wholeheartedly with the, the movie, the game by actually going, oh yeah, that extra dude in the weird like soldier outfit, Blade. Come on, we'll, we'll scan you in.
0: What moves can you do? I oh, kick. Okay.
1: Great, there we go. <laughs>
0: I mean, I guess that arrives at the point that uh, one of the other departure in this film is the fact that the kind of fantastical elements of Street Fighter were removed to make it more realistic, which seems a bit of uh, an odds considering that it's a really campy, silly, not take itself seriously kind of film. But there is no, I mean, there's an allusion to Hedorkin and stuff like that, isn't it? But there isn't actually any fireballs throwing across the screen or anything like mm. that. There's like a which, flash. Yeah, I guess maybe it works in favour of the budget. I can't imagine that that would have been an easy thing, especially at the time. But it does feel like that that's kind of a missing thing. Um, And I guess the other thing that's staring us in the face in terms of missing things throughout the story is uh, any fight scenes whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) For a a film called Street Fighter, there isn't really a whole lot of fighting in it until the last, like, 15 minutes. Um, Anybody got any more sort of like big positives negatives throughout the story james anything that hit you for the good or the worse
3: um so yeah i i want to i want to carry on from you, you i did say that the film didn't take itself too seriously but again yeah you just i i wanted a way to put it and i didn't know but you just helped me out so there's a bit where um bison comes back from the dead and like at that point as i imagine as a street fighter fan Back then, everyone's going. Oh, is this it? Is this when we're going to get all the the crazy stuff? You know, all like the 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 paranormal, you know, supernatural stuff, right? But no, mm-hmm. the guy spends you know like a whole tweet saying this is merely superconductor electromagnetism, uh, something something bullet trains, Tokyo Osaka, something saddle of the world, L- and then levitates <laughs> me, right? And it's like right, okay, no, that makes this less interesting now. Um, I beheld
1: <laughs> Satan as he descended to the earth, and there he stood like lightning! Oh,
3: something to that especially, effect. him yeah, all off. Especially, like, especially because, like, how much Raoul put into that role. Oh my goodness. <laughs> bless him. The like,
2: Consummate professional.
3: Mate, like... He put so much into it that I was expecting, like, some kind of... Like and then I was expecting because of him get breaking that Super Saiyan barrier or whatever, I was expecting everybody else to start getting their moves for some reason. Mm. Which I would have respected in some way. Like, you know, it would have made its own canon in a way, but maybe people would have got mad at that. But yeah, um again, making my own stories um <laughs> up. Um but yeah, uh that's that's all I really wanted to say is like it did it didn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time it did take itself too seriously at its detriment.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Certainly, uh, definitely, it's strange. It's a strange series of choices to do that kind of thing, but also have moments where, uh, like, Bison controls a bunch of like sea mines
2: with an arcade stick. You know, <laughs> like, which is
0: clearly just ridiculous. <laughs>
2: Specifically, uh, the best it, was the, it was the arcade stick for the that particular version of the game. I want to say yeah, Super was yeah. wasn't it? Something like that. It was. It was Super stupid. That's
0: I mean that's neat. I mean that's pretty cool, and no wonder I enjoyed it so much because it felt like it was actually relevant in some fashion. Um, Burger, any positives and negatives from the story that stood out to you? Um.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I like I like the advent of the phrase "packs by Sonica." <laughs> uh, it's like you know what i don't know i don't know that i would uh, and like a bisonopolis <laughs> like that that, yeah. that was funny uh, there's a
1: youtube video I, I kid you not called the greatest speech in film cinema history and it's just that and i am inclined to agree my god it makes me laugh so I, hard
2: i will say you know what I, I i have another point that i like another point that i really appreciate it's the time when um when there's a part of the film where where Sagat, who is an international arms dealer, uh, and Vega, who is his bodyguard, are like, all right, I guess we're like in our lot with Bison now. We kind of have to because of like the fact that the Feds are after us. Or uh, I think Feds is the wrong word. I digress. Hmm. And then he goes, so where's the cash? And, and he Bison hands him a briefcase of, of Bison bucks. <laughs> And is like how did I how did I realize I like why did I think I could be in business with a raving lunatic? Hmm. bison's like, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'm gonna kidnap the queen and it'll be five to one British pounds. <laughs> oh my Because I said so. Because I said so. (laughs) I love that that
0: actually comes back as one of the final moments, As they think they've stolen something worthy right at the end there, and they open it up and it's Bison dollars. I thought, do you know what? That actually was really clever that it had a payoff, like the whole thing. So applause to that. Although on the other side of it, the same token, Zangief spends the entire time aligned with M. Bison. Changes, has a baby face turn right at the end of the film. And then gets away, he's standing around with all the heroes while everyone else is getting arrested. He just gets away scot-free. I, I don't think that's I how it works. Him.
3: I love him so much. He's, he's my favorite. I, he's my favourite part of this.
0: Right, I'll let it go because he was great, but I don't think that's how it works, <laughs> politically speaking.
1: To quote Art Piece, Rocket it Ralph... <laughs> Just because he is a bad guy does not mean he is, in fact,
0: a bad guy. <laughs> a bad guy. right. <laughs> Steve, any standout moments of the story, quote-unquote, for you? Oh, God, I mean, like, I've already made it clear, right? Anytime
1: Raul Raoul Julia is on screen as Bison, I am, like, I'm enthralled. I don't care if he's canonical or non-canonical to any part of Street Fighter at all. That dude playing a madman, I could eat it up all day. Like, he's, he's yeah. taking that scenery and taking a full-on bite out of it, and I love it. Uh, any yep. scene, he's in meme compilation. I- I'm down. Like the actual story itself, it feels like you know, Sega, you know, the, the Sega CD kind of like live action FMV games. It feels like someone's took all the cutscenes from that somehow and put it into a movie at times. Like nonsense <laughs> yeah. is just happening around, especially like a stealth speedboat with exploding bullets or whatever. Didn't really care. But anytime Raul Julia's on screen, even when he's like against Jean Claude Van Damme, who feels like he's phoning in ninety percent of the time, oh, when he's that's with because him, he's, he
2: can't. he's high and coke the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, allegedly,
1: as, as the as the Raul Julia appreciation show, it's fantastic. Anything else is kind of <laughs>
0: okay. Cool. That brings us nicely onto characters, and obviously, that is definitely the best place to start. Of course, who's going to disagree with that? One of my notes is genuinely, how could you not love him in this film? He's mesmerising, he's magnetic. Uh, He he has the line of the film, and it's not the one that we all rush to say at the beginning of this episode. For me, it's you came expecting to fight a madman and instead found a god. (laughs) Not only is it a fantastic line, it's actually really good character pathos in a film that does not deserve it. Because... (laughs) He gets a whole monologue earlier being like, why does everyone think I'm a dictator or a madman? I'm just trying to create the utopia that we all need. And then by the end of it, when he's about to kill all of his hostages and his base is getting invaded, he just snaps at that point and goes, you know what? I'm crazy. <laughs> and it's so good. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's like the illusion of character depth is the payoff. Um, but yes, uh, standout characters. Burger, any favorites and least favorites? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, obviously, Ral Julia Zangief is a uh, Zangief is yep. is obviously a standout. Um, yeah, Kylie Minogue as as Cammy with uh, her absolutely fantastic, flawless British accent the entire time.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I say
2: I say sweating off to the side. <laughs> um overall, like like I said, they tried. Uh and I get the like there's there's a moment where everybody has their like the you know for some reason Cammy gets put in tights and wears a tank top. Fine. They have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um But a little upset we didn't get long.
1: This yeah, um, um... Obviously, only from the outside looking in and seeing how the scenes are portrayed, and this is this is pure conjecture on my part because I don't know the, the making of this film or anything really. This feels like, in comparison to the, the, the Super Mario Brothers film, we hear about how horrible it was and how awful it was working on that set. It just generally looks like these guys had a fun time making it, even if it is daft. Um, oh yeah, you know, there is an energy when you see these people on screen. Even like you know with um, Honda and Balrog, they're just having a fun time the entire time, being like cartoon characters on the screen.
0: Yeah, I really loved their chemistry in this film, it must be said. Uh so hopefully that comes from a real place as well. That would be nice. Uh James, any standout characters for you, good or bad?
3: Uh, Guile is really bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Guile's Guy's pretty sucky.
3: Yeah, um, like the every single scene that Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia were in, like, Bison was like up you know on top of a mountain you know and guile was in the mines a mine um i'm going to give you, you know, one of these
1: arm flex okay
3: you know there, there's like a really good scene where he like it's just a really short one before it, it it turns i think he says somewhere you have made me a happy man right and like you can feel the your gravitas right and then guile says, next i'll meet you a dead one it just sounded like him Yeah, anime actually i actually i put too much passion into that like it was it was
2: dead that's like that's exactly right i felt (laughs) like every scene he's in he's just like all right how do we get out of this as fast as possible rush (laughs) i don't watch a lot of van damme movies um but i can't imagine his accent is always that bad right? right i had the same thought i don't think i've really seen him in much but
0: i was like What's this doesn't feel right. Like, what's were, going on here? He's meant to be playing I, whatever, like, but he's meant to be playing an American hero sort of thing.
3: Yeah, uh, it seems strange. There, that there was a bit that was re- like because yeah, like a lot of his lines were really silly and were very like blase and like oh over- they were actually no they weren't over the top they were just like mid, you mm-hmm. know. And then there was one bit right. I think it was near the beginning. It was just before he spoilers gets not killed and. Um, he like says a line and it looks like he's going good and then he for some reason goes up about 10 octaves to say the last word for some reason i think it's like shot or sure you know it's like why are you going all over the place what's happening that here? speech that he gives the
0: soldiers is a train wreck <laughs> it's <just laughs> incredible uh, well, I
3: but, was
1: inspired. Like, I, 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 too, <laughs> wanted to take up arms against who we're fighting again this
3: week. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, on the opposite end, um, I'll repeat, like, Zangief really made me laugh. Mm. Like, he was so funny. Like, there was this time when, there was this bit where... Uh, uh, like all the weapons for all, for the for Bison's crew were getting exploded, and he just looks at the channel and says, "Quick, change the channel!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so funny because he literally thought that changing the channel would fix everything. When you <laughs> like guys it was... got paid, the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there. <laughs> That's that it's, the first time that meme so came funny. into
2: existence. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, I, I, I. Even the non acting from him is great. Like there's there's scenes where he's not saying anything, and if you just watch him, like he's giving like crazy <laughs> eyes to people and stuff like that. It's like he was consistently great. Looked like I, the character. Yeah, big applause.
3: I wouldn't be surprised if like because he was the closest design to 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 Bison a lot of the time in the movie. Mm. And some people they feed off the energy from people they have. Yeah, on stage. yeah, no, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if he fed off that energy from Raoul and just kind of went, yeah, I'm Zangief now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and really, really went for it. Uh, yeah, there are other, like, bads and goods, but, yeah, there's plenty in this to go around, so i just let you guys go on with it.
2: I, uh, yeah, that's fair. I want to liken Bye. this film real quick to um, the Joel Schumacher Batman films. Okay. In, in terms of how ridiculous and over-the-top it is. And... Um, watching it again through that lens that that made sense because like you're talking about like how how Zangief was and um, like not just him even DJ in the background uh, of his scenes a lot of the characters who didn't really talk much I I feel like the set dressing Mm. was where DJ was was there for
1: like platitudes that were clearly false and eyebrow raise as he's trying to get money out of Bison and
2: that's it right Mm should have stayed at Microsoft
1: hmm which is weird, actually, not to go too into the weeds, but Balrog was traditionally the uh, the the member of the crew. They, him and DJ have swapped roles in terms of like henchman for Bison. Yeah. I think that might be because I didn't want an American character being portrayed as a bad guy in a '90s action mm. film. But that's just me being a bit tinfoil hat, maybe.
0: Hmm. Interesting, interesting uh, theory. Certainly, I will say that. And this is like a general thing for Street Fighter, of course, at the time when even as a video game, you know, what was so great about it was the fact that it was so multicultural anyway. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, Mm. And the film, you know, it's really cool to see a film from 1994 that's very much like that. Unfortunately, a lot of the actors are actually playing different races (laughs) to what they actually are, which is a shame. But again, that is kind of like, unfortunately, just a, a case of the time. But well, they're, that being they're, said, also, they're good. also playing
3: all. Sorry, they're also playing like hard stereotypes, which is Yes. They, I mean, obviously, <laughs>
0: that is certainly an issue, especially. And again, that goes back to Street Fighter in general. Uh, there's a lot of stereotypes in that anyway. But still, you know, it is good to see a diverse cast, uh, which is really cool anyway. But uh, there you go. Uh, Steve, any standout characters other than M Bison for you before we move on? Oh, Jesus. Um.
1: This is a loaded question.
0: <laughs> I kind of like... Uh, they're, they're, they're
1: mostly not a character, but I kind of like Ryu. Like, as, a, as the, the foil to Ken, whereas Ken is clearly a bit more shady and comes across as like, what if Wilson was also a martial artist from House? But and apparently a <laughs> cokehead in terms of appearance. Uh, and he's just a normal dude being normal, which is an odd thing to be like, yeah, that's pretty good. But as, as the normal person being normal in this cavalcade of madness, I kind of appreciate it. As the fish out of water. Uh, Chun-Li is probably the best outside of, you know, um, Raul for me, though. You know, there's just something about the way she portrays that particular scene, the Tuesday scene, and when she's like, she thinks she's got one up on bison blowing up the the uh, weapons and things. There's just enjoyable energy to it. You know, it's mm. not like going to be winning any awards anytime soon, but it's okay and it's enjoyable and lively. She's basically the female lead of the film, isn't she? She's got her own courage to settle. Yes, she, she, yeah. Kicks the living daylights out of Bison, but unfortunately he gets away, that capped rascal. Um, <laughs> but in general, yeah, it doesn't feel like she's she's in chains along with every other character, so it's not like she's been singled out in that regard. And mm. uh, the one time where he thinks he's got edge on her, she beats the crap out of him. So yeah, that's plus...
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'm glad that you said that about Chun Li, and I'm quite interested. I almost thought we might even go the whole podcast without mentioning uh, Ryu and Ken in this. <laughs> we almost did. They are <laughs> huge departures, and you know, meant to be sort of like some of the biggest characters in the franchise. Uh, for me, you know, they not only were they lost in the shuffle, their story felt the most superfluous at all, which is a shame because I kind of see what they were going for with it, and some of it worked, but. I think maybe it's because so other, so many other characters were just so ridiculous and bright and interesting that of course they're just going to get overshadowed, unfortunately, but there you go. <laughs> you could have probably uh,
1: dropped Ryu, Ken, Sagat and Vega from this entire film and no one would have probably. really lost anything. And not to say that Capcom wants all these characters there, but they are basically there to play off each other and then moan and then, oh no, they're part of someone else's scheme and that's it. Like, yeah, they are absolutely. superfluous. Completely superfluous. Yeah.
0: They very much were the antithesis of something like Blanco, which was absolutely ridiculous and made me laugh constantly uh, in ways that I don't know if that I was meant to, but I did anyway. <laughs> Everything about that was hilarious. Right, let's talk about the way the film looks, the directing, before we close this up. Um, I've obviously touched on... <sighs> my big gripe with it when we talked about story is that not only would I have liked more fighting in my street fighter film it would have been nice to actually have the fighting that we did get kind of shot that we could see it, it mostly it was close ups of actors faces and kind of like the idea of their of their leg kind of swinging out of frame we didn't get a whole there wasn't any martial arts in this film i think was the problem with it and i maybe that's i don't too think much flexing that, yeah yeah i don't think that's on me assuming that it should have been a martial arts film There should have been some actual combat (laughs) in this film at some point, right? No, I don't uh, know. Just yeah,
1: I totally agree. Like uh, most shots that aren't including a trained martial artist like Van Damme are so close in they could be from like a soap opera scuffle or something. (laughs) Just wearing wearing gimmicky outfits, like in comparison Mm. to say Mortal Kombat, the first film, which actually had martial artists doing stunts and stuff. This is—it's pretty dire on the martial art movie front. It's like you—you have the illusion of punches, and that's it. You know, we have fancy kicks from Van Damme and I think that's about it when it comes to martial arts movies. Kylie
0: Minogue yells out something about kicking, and then you sort of see a leg move. That's it. You see a leg move, and that's about all she does. (laughs) Yeah, it's not great. Um, Steve, while you're there, any interesting thoughts on direction, cinematography? How did you feel about the way this film was put together?
1: it really feels like a Bond movie from the 70s mm. like, I think
0: that's the, what they were going for
1: yeah 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 no 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 the, the, the aesthetic of like the environments and things uh, in, in general like if you take the silly costumes out and replace them with something a bit more contemporary for the time it feels like it could have been a Roger Moore film uh, mm. you know, there's the, I, that, I don't know if that sounds like praise it's not meant to be like I, I always thought they were the cheapest Bond films of the lot my missus loves them so please don't listen to this darling I love you please don't carry <laughs> um, but Genuinely, I thought it looked a bit like two decades previous. Uh, to be gentle mm. to it, uh, the CGI of the stealth boat was cute. Uh, the animation, <laughs> the lightning was okay, but generally speaking, like you know, the, the shots themselves were rote. And you know, some environmental storytelling could be argued was there. Like Shadow looks like an awful place to live. Um, there, there's, mm. there's this weird undercurrent though of like. The Allied nations coming across as almost like a fascist, uh, a, a rival fascistic force when they throw everyone into a like prison camp instantly. Uh, mm. To which you know, obviously we know they're meant to be the good guys in this like PG thirteen action film, but they're all like Jesus. They're not, they're not messing around, are they? Like you know, they're also doing creepy dicta- dictatorial style things to people who are just at a fighting ring.
2: Those are the um, good kind of war crimes, though.
1: Yeah, but generally it's <laughs> not that deep, and it's okay. Would be Steve's yeah. thoughts. Just two decades too
0: late.
3: Mm. Uh, James, what did you think about the way the film looks? Um, I don't really know what to say because it's, it's it it does feel like a whole mess to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, it, it gave me though it did give me. I, there were a lot of movies like this actually from those early nineties. In fact, while I was watching it, um, there's a particular scene that always jumps out to me with this film. And it's when they, uh, when, <laughs> when Jean Claude or Billy Guilish goes, like gets in their, their ship, their boat and takes everybody else with them. And, uh, you know, they, they go along the river in his stealth ship. And it reminds me of, um, I just, I said this now, what was it? It was, uh, Thunder in Paradise, the old Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan yeah. movie, um, which I absolutely adored uh, back in the day. Um, it was one of my favorite movies. Anything with Hulk Hogan, and it was was great for me back what then. A fantastic um, actor. <laughs> right? it has got so much range. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, right, it reminded me of that, and that was kind of cool. I think I feel like they did take cinematography from that, or they they inspired each other. Um, but nothing else was super inspired and like surprised me or like made me go oh that's great because all i was getting was Jean-Claude van damme's biceps and triceps and cammy didn't kick enough and neither did chun lee uh nobody did in fact i don't if, if they did kick it would it would snap away snap away yeah. immediately and mm-hmm. as we've all, all ordered or all, already said uh site well, say so you've said it wasn't a martial arts movie. It was yeah, more like a, more like an espionage spy movie. Mm. Um, taken yeah, I, you could have just put Austin Powers in this movie. It would have been like it would have made it would have made more sense than. Uh, what I got. Would have
2: watched the hell out of that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Berger, what did you think about the cinematography, the direction mm. of this film?
2: No, I uh, I will say I I didn't think of the Bond correlation. I was just thinking generic action film. Um, mm. but no, I do see the bond correlation now, uh, and it, it does, it, I do have a hard time shaking it now, now that Steve has pointed it out. Uh, I, I want to say this to the film lacks its own visual style almost entirely. Um, if not for the fact that the huh. character, if, if we were to watch this movie, uh, without people talking, I could not tell you it was a Street Fighter film. I wouldn't know what kind of movie it was. Without without somebody repeating William F. Guile or M. Bison uh, mm. every two seconds, um, I wouldn't know it was a Street Fighter film, and, and I think that says a lot about uh, a film. Because like Mortal Kombat, for example, you can watch Mortal Kombat, and those character, every character in that movie for the most part looks like they should.
0: Yeah, as opposed to the few in this film, the very very few. Right. And some of them don't get their looks until sort of like later on in the movie, you know. So, yeah, it's a fair point.
3: It's funny because they they dyed uh, John Cole's hair. Yeah. Um, Why? But then they could have just... Exactly. They could have just put a wig on.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you're going to just gel his hair up, it's not going to look anywhere near like he's flipping, I don't know what you'd call, Giles hairstyle. It's a brush. He's, he's, yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah, it, like paintbrush, like it doesn't look nothing <laughs> like it. I no, yeah,
3: yeah, I, I, yeah, I. If only it was only because of me doing this podcast that I knew that was Guile. To be honest, I thought they were just generic America men.
0: Yeah, GI Guile. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, to take it back to what we were saying about story, um, and kind of how the pacing was just ridiculous. The other thing that I didn't like about this film and the way that it was put together is that not just was it racing around between different sort of plot strands is a very strong term for what this was but like there are plenty of sequences that are playing out simultaneously and the director just can't stick to one like it's just like bouncing between different things that are happening on opposite ends of a room constantly or you know just a few minutes down the road so the prime example being right at the end of the film uh, you've got all the good guys coming out and reuniting. girls alive and all this. But also it's flipping between Sagat and DJ who have, you know, stolen what they think is something worthwhile but turns out to be the dollars. And it just flips between these two, like, scenes three or four times. So like, can we have one and then the other, maybe? Why do we have to have both exactly the same time? It is bizarre. There's a bunch of weird things in this film. I really should have watched it twice because I don't know if I was going crazy. But after the... Uh, amazing guile speech and they all start moving out to get on the boats and ignore the superiors i could have sworn a woman runs past the camera like yelling and like i don't know she's like holding a shoe in her hand or something i don't know what's going on <laughs> she gets really close to the camera she's just like running past with a shoe in her hand i was like did i just did i see that but uh, i don't know <laughs> maybe i did dream it but it really stood out to me as something very bizarre uh, okay, let's wrap up conclusions about uh, the '94 Hollywood Street Fighter film. Uh, Burger, what are your conclusive thoughts? Would you recommend
2: this movie? Um, honestly, yes, I would. Uh, I think it was a a hot mess, uh, a glorious '90s hot mess. Um, mm. but I I will say that watching it with uh, James and Steve was an absolute delight. Um, mm. and maybe that was mostly about the company. Um, but I, I feel like with the exception of Van Dam, who seems like he couldn't be ready to be gone from the set on any given scene yeah. that he's in, I feel like you, like you said, I think you hit the note. People in that movie look like they had a good time working on it. Mm. And that shows to me I think... that matters.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. You know, obviously this film has gone down in that so bad it's good kind of territory and that is the way to watch it, certainly, with other people. I think that's probably the popular decision is to uh, don't watch this sat in a dark room by yourself. Probably not going to enjoy it so much. It's definitely a uh, popcorn with friends kind of flick. Uh,
3: James, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would not have been able to enjoy this film now um, as as much as I did if it wasn't for watching it with Berger and Steve. Um... Because you know there is just lines that you can just bounce off of each other. You yeah. know, this is one of those movies, I, and it's a testament to movies that came out around that time as well. Um, it's so cliche, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot of movies like this that were just very they they were like production line movies, and you know, the I think the thing that's sad about Jean Claude Van Damme is that we know that the guy has a modicum of like acting presence. You know, because we've seen his 80s movies, and I love his 80s movies. Like, he, you know, he doesn't... I mean, he doesn't say a lot, right? But the stuff that he does on screen is fantastic. His
2: physicality is always
3: great. Exactly, yeah, his presence, right? But he can also do some... He also says some pretty good one-liners, right? So to see him in this, to not really care, um, is uh, is pretty disappointing. But yeah, I agree. Like, you can tell that, especially Teen Bison... You can tell they absolutely mm-hmm. adored being there. Um, you know, <laughs> I wish I got, wish we got more lines from DJ because he was funny too. He he kind of reminds me of um, who's the guy with the two gold magnums in Resident Evil Nemesis.
2: Oh, is it DJ Ap-
3: Apocalypse? Sorry, is it DJ I think as well? It's, I DJ think...
2: Or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of LJ, him. He's, like, LJ, he's like, LJ. Lord LJ. 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 Yeah. yeah. Ten he, points. He reminds
3: me of him. Like <laughs> he's like a. He's the comic relief, and like he was funny. Um, again, maybe, well, not maybe, super stereotypical. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love Team Bison. I'm forever Team Bison, I, but yeah.
2: I want to touch you on... Know, Allied
3: Nations, no thank you. I
2: want to touch on something James said real quick. I looked it up, because I, I had read before that uh, John claude Van Damme was allegedly on a bunch of coke during the filming of this film. So I did look it up, and according <laughs> to the director, Stephen D'Souza, he spent about ten grand a week on his cocaine habit.
3: Oh Jeez. my goodness!
1: I mean, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly,
0: no, allegedly. No, I think that's a fact. That <laughs> is a fact. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think you're okay. I think wow. <laughs> you, I'm pretty sure he went on record to say that he was
3: definitely not in the right place when he was making that film. So, uh, <laughs> fair you know, cop, fair yeah. cop.
0: Yeah,
4: you know.
3: Yeah, and and you know, I I do. I would I recommend this movie to people. I wouldn't recommend. As you guys said, I wouldn't recommend they watch it on their own. I went. Recommend it with people who have got like minds who can appreciate like a, a silly <laughs> flick. Um, but I would also recommend other Jean Claude Van Damme movies, Cyborg, uh, to yeah. like to kind of like you know, lessen <laughs> to kind of like uh, sweeten your palate to what Jean Claude Van Damme is capable of because mm. this movie is not it.
0: Mm. Uh, Steve, final thoughts on the 94 Street Fighter Hollywood flick.
3: Okay, in a very, very
1: childish way. Right? Imagine a giant sliding scale, and at one end is Citizen Kane, and at the other is some dross like Meet the Spartans. Right? <laughs> this film has been wow. rather harshly and critically been put next to Meet the Spartans, and I feel like mm. it's—you know—it's not—it's nowhere frigging. Let's not even indulge the fact that it's anywhere near Citizen Kane, but it's nowhere near the bad as Meet the Spartans. So on that mm. scale alone, yes, watch it with friends. Uh, I, I think it's definitely an entertaining film. I think it's in, in the in the in the the eyes of modern day, you can appreciate it more for its goofiness and wackiness than you probably would have done at the time. Mm. And uh, with that being said, perhaps rent out an entire theatre and sit in the middle on your own, just for the full ambience of being a weirdo watching it in a vacuum, like I had to to rewatch it before this podcast. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Definitely get friends. And uh, yeah, it's it's been slighted, I feel, a bit. You know, there are crap films out there. There are very bad video game adaptions out there. And while this doesn't really adapt the video game in any way, shape or form, I had a, I had a fun time with friends.
0: i tell you what, uh, let's put it this way. Um, I didn't watch this with friends, but... I would have enjoyed watching this with friends more than I enjoyed watching Blood Rain with friends, which I did do once, and that was an absolutely miserable affair. So you're right, it is not remotely anywhere near the worst video game films. It's not an Uwe Boll film, so there you go. Um, yeah, uh, speaking as the one person that didn't watch it with you guys, I actually did have a good time with it. Me and my partner watched it together, and well she half watched it mostly just looked up while I was laughing at the ridiculous moments to be fair and there were plenty of them the first hour of this film is a is at times a little bit of a slog it's just a confusing bizarre thing the last 30 minutes though are genuinely entertaining when it gets to Bison's base and the showdown it feels like ridiculous 90s fun as you remember it so if you can make it through the first hour There is something worthwhile in the last sort of moments, the last throes of it. Uh, So I'll give them that much. I enjoyed it. Uh, Will I watch it again? Yeah, maybe with people, uh, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way to see it by myself. Uh, But yeah, it's not not so bad. next film that we have to talk about is the animated street fighter 2 the animated movie or simply street fighter 2 movie it's a japanese made anime um it did actually come out before the hollywood film but only by i think genuinely a couple of months it did get a cinematic run within the uk spain and france and wow. it was considered a financial success because it also prompted the Street Fighter 2 V animated series, which shares some voice actors with the English dub of the film. <clears throat> Apparently it only cost $6 million to make, and in Japan it made $29 million back, so it was a financial success. Wow. Yeah. So this one is one that we've kind of thrown in here for the fun of it, and I this was one that was a little bit I wouldn't say afraid of, that's really extreme, but I was like, oh this one's going to be like connected to the lore am I going to know what's going on? I'm going to put it right out there now I genuinely didn't realize that the first note I have on this is exactly the same as the anime as the Hollywood film. Story there is one question mark. <laughs> Steve, I'm going to throw to you again. Would you like to introduce the animated Street Fighter 2 film?
1: Okay, okay, right. So, in comparison to the live action film, Bison is building a super soldier out of char- wait, no. Bison is out to kidnap people and make them into super soldiers as terrorists. In this one. He's, he's trying <laughs> to find the strongest fighters in the world and brainwash them. Everything else is happening around. Uh, I think Ryu's just going out for a walk and gets into fights. Ken's with his missus gets kidnapped. Uh, Guile, uh, he still hates Bison, but Charlie was killed off screen. Chun Li also hates Bison, but is more mature about it. Uh, I think that's about everything.
0: Yeah. Is that so? Is this then. Close is to what canon? the canon is? Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't I, I, say, is it canon, but it, it's. Is this it's pretty close to the it? It's dancing yeah. around
1: it. For example, like the. It's generally, I think, considered now a consensus in the community that rather than having Street Fighter 1 be Street Fighter 1, the little fight between Ryu and Sagat, for example, at the very start of the film is considered what, that, what went down before Street Fighter 2. Um, and right. Gen- generally, most characters are, quote unquote, on model. Uh, I, I don't think that. Vega is quite alluded to be quite a sexual predatory.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> mm. but generally speaking, it feels like most characters are on the money. Yep. Darcy being a bit shady on these on the side because he's cheating during a fight, and he wouldn't do that in the games.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean this touched on the the very little bits of Street Fighter knowledge I had, which is essentially uh, Ryu really wandering the world, fighting people, trying to become better. That's pretty much what I know about. That's pretty yeah. much the street fighter um, plot that I know. That's the it.
1: big so. Sorry, the, the, the massive, the biggest disconnect between this and live action film for anyone would probably be that in 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 the film Shadow is a place. It is a a group of people who've taken over a place. In in the games and the movie, it's basically a terrorist organization.
4: Mm. Um,
1: you know, uh, Balrog, Sagat, Vega, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're all. Thugs basically trying to take over the world, like, yeah, it's G.I. Joe's Cobra or something like that. Yeah. It's the Decepticons of martial arts, you know, that they're, they're not taking over any nations or anything quite as uh, sophisticated, at least not yet in the in the story.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's Shadow Lou, not Shadow Law. Just one of the, a... yeah, 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 Shadow yeah that's Law. a dubism. Shadow Law yeah. is a
1: literally animated movie dubism.
0: Yeah, that's, okay. what I, that's what I figured. Okay, fair enough. Uh, James, <laughs> what did you think about the story of the Street Fighter animated film?
3: Um <laughs> I So I don't the story's definitely not this this film's strong point. No, that's probably fair to um, say. It it's you know, it's it's bad guy versus random good guy. But I tell you what, it's very anime and it works because it's anime. Mm. You know, it's like you, you don't need to think too much. You know, and like the main strength of this film, we'll talk about later, is its fight scenes and its animation and like the characterization as well, and the, the translation of the characters you see on screen from the video games. Like, all those things are super strong. The story isn't the strongest. Like, there's a bit where, um, <laughs> I really can't think I made it known when we we're watching. There's a bit where, uh, Bison is, uh, basically, uh, Challenges, or rather, Ken Masters challenges him to a duel on top of his Shadow Law ship. And Bison basically kicks his butt by having supernatural powers. Mm. And I just went, why is he just, who cares if he's, why is he trying to get people to be super soldiers? He's a super soldier. Why isn't he just going around and doing this all himself? (laughs) I
0: mean, that's fair.
3: Right. I don't understand why he's getting super soldiers. Super soldiers. It doesn't make any sense. Now, while I agree Um, with that
0: statement,
1: James, I'm going to throw a wild card. Why does Sonic use a car when he can run everywhere?
3: Mhm maybe he's lazy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm sorry. Incredible.
3: <laughs> yeah, thank you for throwing that in. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's not a huge deal. It's very anime, you know, yeah, and yeah. that happens. All, that happens all the time. It just, I, I, it just came to my head. I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's in the an story. excuse
0: for a bad guy to monologue. Right. Or, ha 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 ha! I have a plan. That's yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> like
3: I, I, but normally in an anime, I mean, I've watched many animes, and so has Burger, yeah. right? And to a lesser extent, I know Steve has as well. Like, typically, when this kind of thing happens, like, yes, the bad guy is always like way stronger, but something happens that distracts them from what's happening, mm. right? To to just showcase that, no, this isn't the reason why they haven't just taken over the world already. Normally, it's like some other dude that comes in and kicks his face or some other huge event happens well, that stops them from doing it. But no, not in this. He just like, oh, I'm going to kick your butt, Cam Masters, and then I'm going to take you, and then I'm going to pump you full of juice. And then he does. And then he does. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, you know. Um, I mean, going back, you know, the story is this. I kind not don't, don't really because the story is not its strong point the story mm-hmm. is like as i said at the beginning it's bad guy versus good guys good guys eventually win yep. you know it, um some vague generic names like you know shadow lore you know um but this is what i would expect though from a fighting game from fighting game lore. yeah
0: that's i would agree you with know. that yeah uh, Berger, yeah. what
2: did you feel about the story so, in this one? Um, I wanna, I wanna point out that it, it, having watched this, movie, we watched two of them together, back to back, and I really appreciated um, how little Guile does in this film. The entire yeah. time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he he's really, he's just really he, really he just pops up and is present and like talk <laughs> and then get his ass beat. That's 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 the story <laughs> of <Dream laughs> for for William Guile. Um, yeah, I. I like anime. This is a very anime story, especially talk, especially talking anime from the nineties. Um, this it, it didn't have. I mean, it's actually a little better, I would say, than a lot of other anime from the nineties because you think of stuff like Yu Yu Hakusho, which is very formulaic and very. Um, I don't want to say trite, but <gasps> I will.
3: <laughs> you gotta be careful. You'll get all the weeaboos on hey, you. Hey, listen.
1: Did you just call just... <laughs> Yu Yu Hakusho trite? <laughs> I, I am now going to write a four hundred and eighty-page yeah,
2: and <laughs> Please do. Like, like word, and subscribe in the
1: comment section.
2: <laughs> like and subscribe Um <laughs> like, going on? Um, no, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the storyline. And I enjoyed the story told through the soundtrack. Which I'm certain we'll get to. Mm. Hopefully.
0: Mm. Interesting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> i just sit here silently while you guys talk about anime. <laughs> <so> <laughs> just, uh, I, I, I won't oh. say anything.
1: I, for for how simple the story is, and as much as I can enjoy it, I can also turn around and go. I can read the freaking brief for this. For example, scene thirty-two: Ken and Eliza are driving a car. Ken turns to his prospective wife and goes, "We should get married." Scene thirty-three: Ryu is walking down the street. <laughs> you know, some of these scenes are a bit nonsensical out of nowhere. They're they're on model off the character, but also a bit.
2: <gasps> yeah, but we're yeah. not including there, Steve, is the fact that while that scene is happening, a not Pearl Jab song is playing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and not mm. yeah, because Pearl Jam's on later. Actually,
2: it's uh, Alice in Chains it's, is on later. I was
0: gonna say, it, yeah, what? It's Alice in Chains, isn't it? What's going on? I, <laughs> this this I, is the I, thing well, about the movie I that I do know. To music. I
1: know, know <laughs> KMFDM's there when Chun Li and Vega are beefing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm,
0: true. I'm not music man. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, yeah. Story. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. It's kind of like, eh, yeah, it's a bit inconsequential. It's. I don't want to get necessarily into negatives with it. I felt like the film was perhaps a little bit too long and I don't know if that's because it didn't necessarily have a story so much, like much of a story, or if it was, by you know, conversely to the other film, just a little bit like... I've seen a lot of fight scenes. I'm getting a little bit tired now. <laughs> like, the balance is a little bit off the other way. I'm not quite sure, but it went a little bit long for me um, and I think that as is the case with animated characters, sometimes it's harder to have uh, a connection or an emotional impact with animated characters over human characters. Uh, So maybe that is also why it felt a little bit long in the tooth for me. But I agree in the sense that this is probably, well, definitely, actually, there's no probably about it. This is definitely far closer to what a Street Fighter film should be. Uh, it was way more recognisable elements and that kind of stuff. Steve, how do you feel about, other than, you know, randomly bouncing from scene to scene, any thoughts on the story? And then we'll move on, because as you say, there isn't much to it. I, it actually
1: informs stuff later on in the games, like brainwashing and stuff becomes a big deal with Bison building his army, and the, 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 the whole thing with Cammy assassinating someone that is sort of references Street Fighter Alpha and stuff, so mm-hmm. it informs stuff, and in that regard, I can like, I can appreciate it. It's it's a, it's a straightforward thing where Bison wants to kidnap and brainwash Ryu, the movie, and Ryu and Ken have like rival baggage to unsell, which and that, that's literally like pretty much the only threads to pull on besides personal grudges. And in mm. that regard, it's okay. You, you, you know exactly where the film's going pretty much from the get-go. You know, there are no real plot twists or surprises, let's be real. We all know that at some point Ryu and Ken are going to fight. We all know at some point someone is going to beat up or get beaten up by Bison, and everything else in between is just like either cool fight scenes or cool musical sequences with punches thrown. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. narratively, it's inoffensive. I would argue it's like if if the first film that we talked about was some really complex, ha- haphazard like Heston Blumenthal dish. This is uh, this is just a chicken korma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You,
1: no, you, you know, you are getting with the coma. You know, yeah. it's offensive. It's fine. You know, a bit of naan bread. Num nom nom nom, Yeah, Sadooken.
2: It was a. Uh, it was like marketing <laughs> material, like hmm. trailer bait. Two-hour-long trailer for the video game.
1: There is a version yeah. of this film that's on Sega CD that is literally you. You watch the fight scenes as one of those camera robots that are only in this film, and you yeah, get every fight. Uh, you get a fight sequences. One that's literally the only unique element that gets pulled from this as its own thing into its own separate little thing you don't get like brainwashed camera troopers in any of the other games Hmm.
0: Hmm. what I neglected to say about the story important though is that there was a lot of flashbacks which is quite interesting to Ryu and Ken's uh, past and their training together which I thought was actually really nice Hmm. Uh, so I would define this story as the story of Ryu and Ken and how they were trained by a door uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's a what a I got a from very this film. Wise door. Yeah, uh, yeah, a very a disembodied voice coming from a door. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. This is this is. I don't know Street Fighter, so I'm just going to take this at face value. Um uh, I mean, it was there all along. Her door, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Absolutely.
1: I do.
2: I do want to touch that that specific scene you mentioned the 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 flashback scenes. Um, I want to point out um, that when you play Street Fighter Alpha, Ken does have that long hair. Um, mm. so that's accurate to how he would have appeared. Uh, in that game. Um, hmm. the f- Casual kid. Right, the the friend that is... T- again, this is just diving in, uh, into the alpha lore a little bit. Um, the friend that Charlie, the one that, that is talking about, is also a playable character. He's the Guile ge- character in that game. Um, hmm. And lastly, there's a scene where there's a gentleman sitting off to the center left of the screen who's kind of just not interacting. That is Goken, the spirit of the Dark Hado, who is another former student of Ryu's master. Um, which I probably just got that wrong, and somebody will tell me about it.
1: Uh, um, well, it's actually Guki. Uh, go Ken no. is the teacher. Guki no. is a <laughs> There you go. Um,
0: okay, well that nicely brings us on to characters, which is certainly something that we can we can dig into with this one as well. Ken um, masters. Uh, the sweet golden retriever boy who must be protected—that's the most important thing. Like talking about that flashback sequence, I genuinely went oh, out loud when he gave over his, uh, you know, give what essentially becomes Ryu's headband. I was like, that's really nice. He's the uh, the sweetest character in this film, and I love him. Uh, Steve, any standout characters for you?
1: I I, uh, I genuinely am a big fan of Ken uh, overall, like because he's just he's just a dude. A nice dude to his friend. He, you know, he's, he, he, like, he's driving along thinking about fighting his old friend, going, Oh, you know, it'd be really cool right now.
0: But if Ryu showed oh, up.
1: God, yeah. on, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, You're not uh, wrong as well. Yeah, mainly he does some weird stuff. I'm pretty sure he's breaking bad behind the scenes because he gets cornered in like a dodgy warehouse district randomly by T. Hawk for a fight. <laughs> you know, there's a whole other film like. We're Kenny, we have to cook.
0: Um... (laughs) Speaking of Breaking Bad... Ah! (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Faye Long. Uh, Faye Long, the the character you guys mentioned that doesn't appear in the Hollywood film, gets to appear in this one, and is portrayed by who, Steve? uh,
1: Brian Cranston. That was a a new learned thing for this film.
2: (laughs) And Uh, uh, it was while we were watching this movie, that scene specifically, where out of nowhere I'm watching this film, and I go, Oh! So that's why he wasn't in the other movie, because like, there's a van that's got Fei Wong's face on it, and he's a movie star uh, who yeah. is very vocal during his kung fu. Um. <laughs> I'm pretty
1: sure you couldn't get away with I mean, if, if Bruce Lee had been alive at the time, I bet he'd have like, gone with it for a laugh, really. I, I, guess, I, I imagine
2: he would have done it, um, but yeah. it, it was around the time that I, I probably was when his son died, too. Like, It was around that time mm. where that would have been a distasteful yeah. joke to make, I think.
1: Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, as as the the most blandest of characters possible in any fighter game that I always pick regardless, I actually like Ryu in this as just a mm-hmm. wandering, quiet martial mm-hmm. arts dude. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really have a complex character. He just wants to have a good fight. But he's, he's also kind of charming in that way. And that, that whole scene where he accidentally spills someone's milk and then, no, no, make the change up. Yeah. It was my f*** up, you know. That was like, oh, he's a good boy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so the Karate
1: Good Boys is actually the
0: real name of this film. My favourite part about this—just they're both got himbo energy, Mm -hmm. definitely. Ryu just like gives over some cash to some little girl. No idea how much the milk costs, and also doesn't necessarily know like what currency is that. Like you move between countries, like (laughs) how do you know that?
3: (laughs) Just loads of money. (laughs) It's uh, it's Ken
0: Kudos.
2: (laughs) That's right. Uh, Burger,
0: yes, go ahead. Favorite, um, least favorite. I also
2: want to say Ken, but um, I also want to say Ryu. So I was going to say the best boy twins, um, <laughs> because I, one of my notes is funny because during the first scene where they flashback, I, I wrote down there's do- definitely a tree in that forest that says R plus K with a heart around it, um, <laughs> because those two boys love each other.
0: Yeah, uh, I got some of that energy for sure. Um,
2: and, and that's just beyond. Uh, that's just beyond like the obvious ship potential there um <laughs> because what
0: i'm really glad you brought it up though because i was watching ken just like randomly deciding that he's going to marry this woman even though he spends the entire film wondering where ryu is i was like yeah <laughs> I, I see what you're doing here film i get it then yeah, don't worry i understand that <laughs> is
2: um but i, I want to talk about her too because she was a fascinating character because like you know you, you you set up thinking ken is the one with the money and that's like the draw to the relationship but then he drops her off at the big fancy match and it says all right i'll see you later and she's like maybe if you're lucky so like <laughs> yeah
1: so that's why he's breaking by the docks he's trying to get money to <laughs> oh but got an expensive mm-hmm.
2: lifestyle crack
0: the
3: case
2: yeah <laughs> <Just> <laughs> gotta pay for that porsche license uh-huh. somehow <laughs>
3: Mm. <laughs> Rio, R- Ryu and his friend
0: <laughs> James, uh, any standout S- characters for the, From the film for you?
3: The, uh, you guys are already you know, Going off about Ryu and Ken And I love those two in this But Chun-Li is also mm. up there For me mm.
2: Absolutely.
3: Um, I feel like She was a victim Of that era And mm. kind of up to the era of the mid-naughties Where um <laughs> i mean it was great there was like a bit we actually mentioned it while we were watching it there's a bit where chun lee um is kind of getting a butt kicked by vega and we see uh billy guilish come along and
2: he's like i and gotta get there to help chun lee
3: we exactly we thought that he was gonna come in and do that kind of stereotypical thing of getting the last hit in but i haven't boon in this movie yet <laughs> <laughs> chun lee took care of vega and she did it well yeah. um you know and you know that scene was also beautifully beautifully shot i mean there was some gratuitous um you know naked body stuff but i mean it's right. street fire we see naked bodies all the time um yeah I, it was clearly done for objectification i it was it wasn't like overly done i don't think and it was fine um but seeing her just kick butt was great and her character also reminds me of present day Jill mm-hmm. absolutely like um mm. like she has you know she ha- is very confident um in herself and what she's capable of and like it's great to watch in this um that fight scene i think forget the last um like the la- like the the fight scene at the end that fight scene i think is probably my favorite in the entire movie
1: there's actually um, um... Now, t- now, speaking on Chun Li, I'm thinking there's a, there's a great juxt- juxtaposition between this film and the live action film. Whereas in the live action film, she's talking about her grudge with Bison. And basically, Guy tells the bogger off because he's got a grudge with Bison. In this film, Chun Li tells Guy to grow the f up, and she's got a grudge too, but yeah. they have more important things to worry about. Like, she's got right. the right head on the shoulders.
3: Yeah, like she she is the one that takes charge and it's yeah, it's super nice to see, especially in a in a film made in 1994. It's great. Um, least favorite character, um even though I loved looking at him aesthetically, um my least favorite character is Bison. Yeah. Mm. Um because he he <laughs> looks fantastic, but he doesn't do much. Like yeah yeah sure he he does that thing he does that bad villain thing where he like someone punches him he moves to the side you Watch know through hallways um, menacingly or... exactly. <laughs> yeah well you know he does yeah he, do, he walks real great right but he doesn't do a <laughs> lot in this um whereas everybody else is kind of dancing around him he's like the the, the mantelpiece and um he doesn't really showcase his oh, I mean he does showcase his power but then he completely forgets that he has that power at the end of the movie <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so it, it, it lost. He lost some of his charm. Like when I saw him kick uh, Ken Mas's butt, I was like, "Oh, sweet! This is you know we're going to get like some kind of huge like nuclear Super Saiyan showdown at the end." But it wasn't as um, exciting as I expected. Yeah. Um. So like he, you know, he he kind of went down in my estimation. So I would say that Bison is my least favorite. Yeah, and Chun Li is absolutely my favorite.
0: Yeah, I found bison to be a little bit generic in terms of a villain this yeah. he just was villain and not you know there wasn't much more to grab a hold of and maybe that is in the aftermath of watching Raul julia's performance of course that's going to be the case but he was a little bit cookie cutter uh, i agree with you in terms of chun lee uh it's a shame about the the shower scene seemed a bit pointless and the fact that she did a major fight scene basically in her underwear but okay uh, i agree in the fact that She got to take care of Vega herself. Um, Mm. And I actually like her story with Guile as this... He doesn't really, as you say, doesn't really do much in the film except kind of chase after her and make sure she's okay by the end of it, and wor- a... and worry about her, which is really hilarious. I laughed so hard at the obnoxiously shaped Guile, like running through a <laughs> hospital, like this huge mountain of a man screaming out after he's incorrectly parked his car twice in this film as well. Yeah, he,
3: am I the asshole? I am the asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like. Like, the other thing about Guile, and it was Steve that brought this up. Do you want to say it, Steve? Uh, no, no, no. Go the, ahead. Go ahead. All right. So he gets. He kicks. <laughs> everyone gets kicked off this mountain at the end. Oh, yeah. uh, everyone, Everyone gets kicked off this mound, right? And Guile is barely living, you know, at the end of this mountain. And the next scene we, scene we see with him, he's driving through a town and he's <laughs> rushing he towards walk Chun Lin. Chun Lin. He's like. How did he get there? Did he ride his own sonic boom? Much, I don't know. Much
1: like the other Capcom classic, Infinite Darkness, you know the globe is much more compressed, and
0: everywhere is just around the corner from everywhere else. <laughs> <Right over here. laughs> My only other issue is that uh, you have—I would say—that uh, in terms of fighting games, you have the two most recognizable female characters, mm-hmm. bar none, ever. Not just in 1994, still today with Chun-Li and Cammy, Uh and probably two of the most recognisable female characters in gaming period, Chun-Li does not spend enough time in her actual outfit. like She needs mm. to kick butt in her actual outfit. And mm. Cammy is barely in it. Yeah. What was that about?
3: Awful. Do you know what? I completely forgot about Cammy. She's, You're right. She's, you basically see her
0: through a window yeah. saying, I don't know. And that's about it. And then later down the hallway again.
1: Brutality, doesn't she? And uh, Mm -hmm. murdering an innocent politician, probably.
2: Um, Yeah, uh,
0: there's an interesting story to be told there. But I guess the fight scenes took precedent. And I guess considering the complaints we had about the other film, I can't be too mad. But it is shame that uh, we didn't really get to see any of Cammy being, being Cammy, mm -hmm. being cool.
3: Like she had it. She had a really cool like fight scene at the beginning. mm -hmm. um, Like, and that was really cool to look at. Um, But yeah, like I yeah the. I go? think
2: that's weird. It's interesting that that's a that's some stuff you notice because one of my other notes I took for this was like there's so much like it didn't they didn't want for runtime like there's a lot of nothing happening mm. on the screen aside from got probably like three minutes of bison walking through hallways with his cronies to <laughs> to a song and the song was enjoyable to listen to um, but there's like you could tell they they needed to reach the minimum runtime to for a theatrical release or something because there's a lot of like padding in this film.
3: Yeah. They
2: yeah, could have filled that. There was actually a point story?
3: where Sorry. They definitely could have There was a point where we me and Steve, me and Steve were trying to the the the, the street fight we were watching. We were trying to get subs we were trying to see if um like it was Japanese or, you know, any other like and I was kept on skipping ahead and I, every time I skipped ahead, I was wa- I was bumping into a walking scene.
2: Yeah. Mm. Every
3: time. right? I was like, when do they talk? I don't... When do they... I want to know, you know, and I couldn't get to a point. It took... I mean, it didn't take me forever It took me like a minute, but we got there at the end. But yeah, it was funny because, yeah, it happens to so are I just walked into they a walking scene. just
1: walking, James. We can't get them to say any dialogue for God's
0: sake, man. Pergi, you mentioned the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I let you go off on that, I just wanted to at least clarify for people listening at home. Of course, there are actually different soundtracks list depending on which version you watch kind of as james is alluding to there the sub or the dub um we all watch the english dubbed version so obviously that's what we're going to be talking about but uh yeah i know you specifically wanted to at least shout out um, the soundtrack
2: it goes way harder than it has any right to for for this video game um this movie sorry about yeah. the video game i i loved the soundtrack i i think it was the best part of the picture um <laughs> Just it just mm. it, it set the scene. It like as a, as a fan of the genre and, and like because like fighting games always go real hard on the soundtrack, um and they invested in mm. it and you can tell, and I think that's nice. Yeah. They 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 did they gotta they've gotta like in scenes with Ken like I really appreciate it. they took a more American at the time grunge style. They even licensed an Alice in Chainsong song to put in the movie, um, yeah, and so like in those scenes like. That's how you knew where you were. You knew you were in America because of the cool, you know, grunge song that you were listening to. Um, yeah. And the mm. same thing with Bison. His music is always very bad guy sounding. So you knew that when he was walking down a hallway, he was into serious business.
1: <laughs>
2: bad guy music. Uh, it's actually... Mixtape.
1: Uh, I would argue that, that both soundtracks are pretty good because I, I have had the, the luxury of seeing like the uh, the original Japanese dub as well, and that's got OST mm-hmm. so so strong. In fact, like the uh, the big showdown with Bison Ken and Ryu got homaged in I think it was Alpha Two or Alpha Three called Dramatic Battle, where two players, as Ryu and Ken, versus the superpowered Bison. They take the Japanese soundtrack and use that for the game. Mm-hmm. If I remember if That's if I remember correct. Correctly. Um, I could be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Like there, there, there is music from this that got to put into the games down the line, um, and yeah, m- not unlike Mortal Kombat, licensed music is used a plenty to this to great effect.
0: Mm. Yes, totally agree. Um, in terms of both the soundtrack and the the original score that goes with mm. it, I liked a lot of the music that was written for the film. Uh, Wait, really catchy stuff. Corn,
3: Corn was in this.
0: Yep. Yeah corn on the soundtrack that's the credit plays during the credits right at the end oh my goodness uh, Alison Silver Chair, and as Steve pointed out KMFDM which is all really good because I, whilst I can see people getting like, you know it kind of dates the film a little bit so like I don't actually have a problem with that like this is the era that it was made yep. this is the era that for me it takes place in As Burger, you so expertly said there it really helps ground it for where it, where those scenes take place specifically uh yeah just I don't know something about it fit really well I suppose it helps because it's got that really 90s anime aesthetic yeah. as well it so was maybe on, there's yeah. even as someone who <laughs> I uh, how do I say this delicately I don't care about <laughs> anime yeah uh, no, that's it bad. gave no, me delicate no, at that's all. I am her oh that's delicate um <laughs> I, it gave me a little bit of a nostalgic twang. This film, the way that it looked, the way that it sounded, it made me think of Dirty Pair Flash and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, you know what, I'm okay with that. Mm. Yeah, I
1: mean, it was on brand sure. for the time. You should watch
3: more like, his anime. Like, exactly. Uh,
1: nowhere near as tastefully done, but like the the Dragon Ball American dubs and stuff, generally used like new metal soundtracks for their movie adaptions. Right. Um, like the Brody yeah. movies and whatnot. It's it's very on brand and done slightly a bit more classy here. Uh rather just having like heavy metal or new metal blaring every five seconds while Goku's going Kamehameha.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Maximum the Hormone. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I know about Dragon Ball music. Uh James, thoughts on the soundtrack
3: overall? It's great. Yeah, every scene every scene, like I was yeah. going, Oh my goodness, this soundtrack slaps. Yeah. Like it was yeah. it was very good. Yeah. Um i just i, I didn't a lot of these bands i listened to by proxy um from other people so i didn't know who they were but i used to like alice in chains i used to listen to a lot mm-hmm. but corn i didn't really listen to a lot because corn used to intimidate me because i kind of like fair. slipknot that's fair. right which is which is literally what they're meant to do and it, it succeeded mm-hmm. um for me um but yeah like it, it introduced me to a couple other like bands which was really great i just loved the yeah it was great it was, freaking amazing like even the even the um like that's I, i'm gonna forget the kind of the license stuff for a moment the actual you know the 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 soundtrack of each scene was also really great you know just the the regular um score yeah. itself yeah was was great it was very 90s and retro and it felt very street fire yeah. as well yeah um like in, in what yeah they put so much effort into this film to to make it a street fighter yeah like uh film like it was it, it, they put so much effort into it more uh, I, I feel like it's more character wise with the live action but there's also less you can do with a live live action than you can do with an animation yeah. mm-hmm. um you know and they they did so well they went hard and i'm glad they did
0: 100 percent for sure okay let's talk about the animation the direction cinematography if you like uh before we move on to our conclusions um Generally speaking, for me, I thought the animation, again, obviously, as I said, it kind of had a nostalgic twang for me, so I enjoyed that much. Overall, it's was pretty good. It was pretty consistent, really. The only thing that I didn't like, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, or maybe it's a big Street Fighter community meme. I don't know what was with Balrog's eyes halfway <laughs> through the film. He just we suddenly mentioned went that, yeah. he suddenly went re-watch. cross-eyed.
1: Yeah, during uh, Mindberg's and James's rewatch, we wondered what the hell was happening there, because it just, yeah... Well, it's I, so I, weird. I, the only thing we can guess is, like, animators switched and didn't know that Balrog wasn't cross-eyed. Or something. <laughs> it's I so mean, weird! It, I mean, Balrog rips a shirt for some reason. We don't actually know why at one point it's as well. Like, he's just... Mad, international man of mystery, ah, Balrog. <laughs> Apparently so.
2: It's because uh, he had some minds to get to. You'd almost have to ask <laughs> your tailor to, to tailor your suit that way, too, though. Like... I mean, t- with the slightest flex, <laughs> just I must it rip my off. chest
0: open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that, um, you know, in terms of the best scene, I personally really loved the way that it opened uh, as a call to the Street Fighter 2 video game opening with the Lightning Strikes and Ryu sort of bobbing in the darkness. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah. It's like they actually built off of that and said, as Steve, as you kind of pointed out, uh, this is kind of how Street Fighter 2 begins. This is the pre the thing that predates Street Fighter 2. So it's cool for them to kind of add to that. Ah, oh, this scene of Ryu standing in the thunder or whatever is the fight scene with Cigar. I was like, ah, oh, that's really cool. Um, James, standout stuff in terms of scenes, the way the film looks, all of that goodness.
3: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the film, yeah, as you said, like the film's introduction was really, really strong. Mm. Um, and you know what? The live action, like... That is what's, what was wrong with the live action, is that if they just did what the animation did, right, and gave us a bunch of, like, little short scenes of everybody in their, like, habitat, you know, doing, doing what cool. they do best, yeah. you know, we would have respected it more, like, in that first hour. The animation literally this does that. It like it, cool. it gives you an introduction to everybody, like what their fighting style is, what they're capable of, what their personalities were in like short little one to one and a half minute little scenes. Um, yeah, and it, it does it so well Ooh. in the animation. Like cool. the animation, they, they go, again, they go hard. It's that 90s, um, you know, hand-drawn animation that we come to expect at that point. And a few years later, we got Berserk. Which is also very similar, yeah, yeah. Um, in that style, and it was great. In fact, there was a bit where um, I was like surprised. Uh, is right at the beginning where um, uh, what's uh, what's Ryu's move? Hadouken or Shuriken? Which one? Sh- the the one where he spins up. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah the, that's, the, that's the that's the you mean the Hurricane Kick? No, the one where he spins up. The Shuriken.
2: Yeah,
3: Shuruyuken, Yeah, thank you. Um... When he does that to Sagat, there's blood everywhere, and I was like, yeah, "Oh, I wasn't yeah, expecting really. that." <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting blood, and then through you know they don't they don't really hold back with that. Um, you know, I mean, they don't go too over too overboard, but they don't you know they give blood where it should be and they it should not be. Um, but as I said earlier, my absolute favorite scene, um, and it's mostly because the animation, to be honest, I'm I'm gonna just because it's the '90s, I'm gonna forego what she was wearing right and that like what the right, scene right. overall was all about because it was a i'm not gonna say what it was but it's a little bit you know what um but that scene was animated really well mm-hmm. um i was really in that scene i was like i was i actually got up on my chair um for it right because i because i'd never seen this before right so i was like oh Crap! Is he going to win? Oh, he's going to win because she's a woman, and this is the early nineties. Yeah. You know. Oh, and he, yeah. and here's Guile. He's going to pop in, and she, he's going to save her. But no, they just she just showed who she was. Oh, and yeah. She got her. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but her. Thigh, I don't know what it's called, cool, but the thigh kick she does, where she does you know the up and down. Kick that
1: son of a um, b- through a goddamn wall now into the street.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And it was great. And do you know what they could have done as well with that scene? And just uh, because Vega, I think, even though Vega's who he was as a character was a little bit, what was wrong, um, his character to look at um, was great. Mm. Um, You know, uh, they, you could see, you could see they were going for an art style with a lot of the characters, you know, they were going for what I would call the Warhammer, you know, art style of a big, burly, you know, Gears of War-esque Big burly shoulders and everything, but with with Vega, they they squeezed him down to what he actually is. Um, but he still had that power and speed, yeah. Um, and it was it was good to see. But, so yeah, my, my favorite scene is 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 the Chun Li and Vega fight. Um, and I and my least favorite scene is actually the end because I thought it was a little bit of a letdown for how hype the film got.
0: Mm. Mm. That's fair.
2: Yeah. Uh, Burger favorite um, favorite f- scenes and general thoughts on the animation. Uh, I don't think it movie looked great. Um, hand-drawn animation really is something else uh,
0: yeah, sure
2: I I will agree with uh, with James uh, I really appreciate the Chun-Lisi quite a bit and just thinking about, like they use this space really well, that that felt like a Street Fighter fight to me, because if you think about the yeah. experience of a Street Fighter fight especially in Street Fighter 2 um, like you're in levels and then there's like signs on the end, if you knock somebody into the signs or the box or the barrels, they'll break and mm. and it gives you the sense that it's like a knockdown drag. I think mean, that's how they and they did that really well. It was a knockdown. It was a it was a room fight. Um, like you can see where shows like Daredevil would have pulled from from a scene like that in their fight choreography. Good point. Uh, yeah. I um. I didn't. Like I said the the movie had a lot of padding. Um, I, I'm guessing it was to meet a minimum runtime. Um, but one of the things I will say I appreciate about it as a as a whole thing is it it did give you a chance to to linger on um, on some of the songs because like you you had the chance to sort of go like wait is this no this isn't that who that is is it oh wait no this is who it is and like then you kind of get into the like that that feeling um, which in as if you're looking at this from somebody who's not super into Street Fighter and you're looking for a hook to get you back into it at that point which is kind of dragging. Um, that's that's what something that would do it. So I appreciated that movie did that a little bit. Um, I didn't like the end fight with uh, M. Bison for the same reason James said he didn't like M. Bison's character. Just like M. Bison just had the cheat codes. Uh, I think Steve actually said always has place with this action replay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think in terms of standout stuff um, and stuff I didn't appreciate. That's that's about it. I do want to know what Ken was up mm-hmm. to though we
0: it's funny you were saying about how the Chun lee fight scene felt like a street fighter scene but i also just wanted to point out the uh, the dalsam and honda fight where it actually went like side on yeah and just looked like the video game for yeah. just a little bit it was like that's a, that's a nice touch in the same way that you know the terrible doom film did the first person perspective at the end it's like a Love hey yeah that. uh, that's nice i like it
3: how dare um, you say that was a terrible film.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. T- <laughs> it's no. no. Slander. James. Moving on. It lost the poll. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, uh, favorite scenes and how did you think uh, the animation holds up? See, I actually I did like
1: the final fight scene, but that might be due to Street Fighter Alpha baggage. Uh, mm. Being able to play sure. that fight scene has left it a bit ingrained in my memory now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, the, it's the fact that. Uh, Bison doesn't just lose his powers. He basically goes, "I'll fight you on my own on your level, then." Uh, you know, trying to prove how big and tough he is by fighting the martial arts men with martial arts rather than superpowers, which is a rather dumb freezer-like. I'm not going to use my hands, Goku move. Um, <laughs> and I thought it paid out quite well. I, I think for some reason, when I think of fights in this, in this, uh, and this is probably due to the rewatch, I think of Gail going for a sonic boom. Missing entirely and then destroying what appears to be e Honda's mountain shack in one go. <laughs> thinking, you absolute clown shoes. Uh, and it just makes me giggle. But yeah, I think this is the fact that this offers the special effects and stuff that make it a bit more charming. Uh, massive shout outs to Chun Li Fight scene because that wall, that kicking Vega through a wall thing is so satisfying. Like, it yeah. actually does feel like. Viscerally violent to a point that's more a Mortal Kombat thing, especially considering like this this guy has been like cutting Chun Li up with his claw. Makes yeah. sense, yeah. You know, uh, and the fact that Chun Li isn't like oh big strong man is to save you.
2: <laughs> no,
1: she, no, she, she, she just beats f- him. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Fantastic stuff. But yeah, stand out for me is still the big boss man getting double Hadoukened, which in video game terms is like f- all damage, but we'll allow it because it's a movie.
0: <laughs> you have to save it <laughs> all right okay so let's uh let's draw some conclusions on the animated street fighter movie uh burger how do you feel about the animated movie absolutely um, loved it yeah um it's so recommend over the hollywood film i mean also they're massively different sure but,
2: uh to dive into that a little bit um Yes, I would recommend it over the uh, the, street, the Hollywood film, um, but I would also recommend it to to more people. Uh, I would recommend it hmm. to a fan of Street Fighter who isn't an anime or an anime fan who's not super interested in Street Fighter. Uh, I'd recommend it to, yeah. to people who like movies that aren't necessarily animation. I think it's, I think it's a fine demonstration of like '90s animation. Um, but absorbing it on the context of when it was intended to be, of when what I remember that time being myself, uh, it it conveys well. It is problematic uh, as a as a sign of the times, and and that is fair and valid. And I would obviously um, alert any who might uh, of sensitivities there before recommending it. But I think as a, as an overall concept and as an overall movie, I I did enjoy it, and I would recommend it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Steve, how do you feel about the animated film overall?
1: Uh, this one needs to be back in cinemas. Like, If the other one gets in cinemas, this one definitely does. I would argue that this is definitely more the film for fans, and you could probably mm. get at least a bit out of it without your friends being around. But again, it's a good film time with friends, whether you know the Street Fighter lore or just a cursory knowledge. I mean, it's like Simpsons at this point. We all know that the dude in the pyjamas is probably you okay. Um I know they're really a geek. But yeah, it, <laughs> hands down, the better of the two films, at least for me, exactly. uh, doesn't... Not, not to diminish that there are some laughably fun things about the live-action film, whereas this one is 90% more serious, like this is definitely a lot more, ooh, these people have to have a fight to kick the living daylights out of each other, even though we still don't know why, they just do. Uh, aesthetically, fantastic, especially for the time, like, you know, anime could be very hit-and-miss even then, I mean, no offence to Pokemon, the animated series looks kind of tired compared to this at the time like mm. and then i mean there is a difference of like budget but yeah uh musically uh, i would actually argue give the japanese one a go if you can manage subtitles as much as the new metal is dust great as well like both versions actually have yeah. uh, something unique to the table
2: absolutely so
1: yeah a-, a fun old time be you a street fighter fan and if not should be a fun old time with friends
0: Indeed. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I would recommend it to people that like decent animation. It's an interesting study of the animation of the era, as we said, the hand-drawn anime style. Um, don't It helps if you know a little bit about Street Fighter so you can identify the characters. Like, You know, the bare knowledge that I have of character names and looks was enough to get me by quite happily despite the fact that I thought maybe it was a little bit long or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was decent. For me though, I think I probably were more likely to lean into re-watching the Hollywood film just for the ridiculous bombast of it all. But that's a personal taste thing, as usual. Um, But yeah, it's not like I didn't enjoy it. Not at all. There was certainly lots to like about it. Uh, James, final thoughts on the animated film?
3: Uh, So during this time, um, in the early 90s, I was watching quite a lot of anime that I shouldn't have been watching. (laughs) Yeah. like uh, one of the top ones I might have mentioned it once or twice but there was one of my favorite a- animes ever is called Gyver. <laughs> and <laughs> it came out at, at the end of the 80s to the mm. early 90s um, and during this time we like we were constantly trying to find um, animation like VHS uh, videos because yeah. it was all there got to a point where you could only import this mm. this show and my point is that like during that time, like it, it, it reminded me a little bit of Guyver in terms of its fight scenes. It it didn't go too over the top, whereas Guyver does sometimes, right? But it, it kind of gave me that feel. Um, it's just, you know, it's just stupid fighting, like for the sake of fighting, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, you do get a little bit of backstory with that. Like with Honda, for instance, you know, you kind of get like, and, and with uh, Darcy, you get like a lot of, uh, honor there's a lot of honor in this this animation, which doesn't isn't conveyed in the live action at all um you know in terms of not not bisons side but the but team rio side
4: yeah
3: um there's a lot of honor there, and that's awesome uh to see and that was that's kind of that was kind of a running trend in the early nineties with a lot of this this stuff it's about having pride and honor and you can see the pride and honor in the animations as well uh, from the creators themselves mm. um <laughs> yeah um other than uh yeah there was a couple of times where yeah steve just put a gif in of chun lee who was cross-eyed a couple of times and so was balrog but other than that you know it's like it's like complaining about dragon ball super at one point if the if the figures got too far away they looked a bit naff but like Overall, the animation was spectacular and I enjoyed every moment of it way more than I did the live action. And I would definitely recommend this to people. Um, and yeah, watch Guyver with me sometime.
2: Yeah, you should watch Guy with James. <laughs> uh, maybe.
0: Uh, <laughs> I actually knew so little about this that, and nobody seems to talk about this film, I will say this much, I thought it was probably just kind of going to be very sort of like, yeah, it's a thing that exists. So this is, in a way, considering that we kind of pulled the name out of the hat and went, okay, we're going to watch the uh, Van Damme film. This is kind of like the nice surprise, really, because I didn't think much of it. As I say, I don't see it being talked about. And it's because it's not a Hollywood video game film that kind of, that's fair. And there's plenty of examples of that. Um, so who knows, maybe one day we'll get to do the ace attorney film. That'd be great. But <laughs> nonetheless. Please. Nothing else remains for me. Please. <laughs> I know, right? Nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors and our patrons once again support the show for as little as one dollar a month to help us create more bonus content like this one over at patreon.com forward slash FA Spray Pod. You can also join the Discord server to get in touch with members of the team and our community, discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans and listen to the podcast live as it's being recorded. You can find a link to the server as well as our Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, etc. at faspraypod.com. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify and iTunes and if you enjoyed the show please do leave us an iTunes review or a review wherever else you can. It helps spread the word. Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the playblow people individually. I'm at Siniac underscore 123 Steve is at FB, Steve was taken. James is at Moist Owlets OFF, and Burger is at It's Burger Time. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week.
2: I have a little anecdotal story I like to tell about the. I mentioned the Joel Schumacher movies, and I mentioned that on purpose because, like, I maintain that Batman and Robin's actually a good movie if you understand what the movie's supposed to be. A toy advert. Yeah, it's not only a toy oh, advert, okay, okay. but it's also an homage <laughs> to Adam West. I was right.
1: Yeah, I know that. Um, mm. it's, it's like a '60s movie made now, yeah. or well, made in the '90s.
2: Uh, and the only person, the entire cast of the film, now 30 years ago, gets that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: God. why do you hurt me when I show you nothing you, but honestly Batman Forever right up there is one of my favourite Batman Absolutely. films not so much Batman and Robin but Batman Forever is great and I won't
2: hear any slandering it. <laughs> it's fantastic um, mm-hmm. is that the one with uh, who's, the, who's the blonde in that one?
1: Oh, Val Kilmer <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer Tommy <laughs> Jones Jim Kerry. Right. No. no, Alicia Silverstone.
0: Oh,
3: Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. No, she yeah, was sorry, in the yeah. Batman
1: film,
0: yeah. wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Piffer, That's um, Batman turns. Uh, we'll get there eventually.
3: I'm just naming names.
0: Drew Sam
2: Barrymore. Diaz. She was Is it. it. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Was she? Was she in one of the Batman films?
0: Maybe.
1: That's the
2: mask I'm picking off. Uh, Peter was...
1: Dinklage. I want to say Peter
2: Dinklage. <laughs> Dwayne Dibbles. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yes.
3: Ah. There you go. Uma Thurman.
0: No, that's Batman Robin
4: again. <laughs> uh.